Romans have been enjoying wine for 8,000 years or more, and there's never been entry exams, literacy tests, diplomas, or membership fees. You can go as far or deep as you want, or just take it all in and find your happy place. That being said, we like to spend our week looking for things that we can share with you in this space and time. We'll give you food for thought, ideas for adventures, and most weeks, tips, pointers, and insights that you can use the minute the program ends. Wine has always united us. It still does. And we've never needed that more. So climb aboard. There is no time like the present to get your adventure started. So here's your host, the doctor of deliciousness, the chairman of the Bordeaux, the top gun of wine fun, David Wilson. All right, gang, I have a very interesting show for you today. You know, when we talk about things that are part of our wine life, there's one thing that I think we don't talk about enough. And if you're a wine enthusiast or if you're a foodie, then this is probably a big part of your life. And yet it doesn't really get talked about in the context of wine as much as it should for one very important reason, which is this. It's really like a very close cousin, if not a brother or sister to wine. Everything about how it's created, how it's enjoyed is an exact parallel to wine, but it's kind of been pushed to the background for most people. And I had an experience last weekend that was really eye-opening to me because even though I thought that I knew a lot about this thing, I realized that I didn't know squat, that I really was pretty ignorant, even though I've been around it for a really long time. And the it is olive oil. And it is so important to wine people Yet there are so many things that I think that you probably don't know about it. And I really was excited to come into contact with a man who is really, along with his father, a true expert in the area of olive oil. They grow olive trees. They produce what I think is arguably the most delicious olive oil I have ever ever put in my mouth. And I am not making that up. And it's not a commercial for these guys because you probably can't buy their product anyway. But it was an experience not to be believed because I put this in my mouth and I saw God. I really did. It was the most wonderful experience. And then I got an education from my guest about why it was that olive oils can be so different and why it's so important for us to understand this product because it figures so prominently into our wine life. Yet, as I said, it kind of takes a backseat to wine. Anyway, that being said, my guest is Federico Di Carlo. He's here with me now. Yes, that's an Italian name. And we are in Italy, after all. And by the way, where we're at, we are surrounded by olive groves. And they produce in this region some of the finest olive oil in the world. Period. And if you really want to understand olive oil, forget the wine trip. Just come and do an olive oil trip. Because believe me, you'll have a lot of fun. And olive farms are beautiful. They're beautiful. Now, I'm going to let you talk in just a second, Federico. But I just want to say this. There's something really peculiar about your olive farm, and that is there's a tennis court. (laughs) 
in the middle of it, right? And that's because you're a tennis expert. I don't even know what the connection is. We're going to figure out what the connection is between olive oil and tennis. But anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me here, Dave. It's my pleasure, you know, being here and having this talk with you. I had so much fun at your place. First of all, the property's beautiful, and you've got this beautiful old old home on the property that's currently not being used, which I'm going to be talking you into giving it to me, because it's a shame that it's going to waste. It should be my house, okay? <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's beautiful. But then as you're up on the balcony of that home, and you look out, there's a tennis court there, right? Yes, So I know that this is kind of not germane to the wine conversation particularly, but, uh, you know, I think tennis players probably drink wine. Yep. Do they drink wine or do they drink beer? Uh, Well, actually, they prefer to drink some water. Just water? Yep, because with alcohol, you've got also sugar intake. And, you know, the athletes need to be careful about what they eat and what they drink because they don't have to gain weight while they are doing their activity. So basically, they reintegrate mostly water. So what is the connection for you between tennis and olive oil production? Is there a connection? Yep, of course there is a connection because when you are producing or you are manufacturing something, you are performing an activity. And basically, sports people are performers. I'll buy that, yeah. Therefore, they need a huge concentration. They have to be focused on what they are doing. And that is exactly when you are manufacturing olive oil or you are manufacturing wine. You have to be extremely careful and focused on what you are doing. That's a very good point. Because you can make one mistake that will ruin an enormous batch of wine, right? Same for olive oil? Yeah, it is exactly the same. And I use the word manufacturing instead of producing because you actually made it by hand. And that is exactly how you perform on a tennis court. You do everything on your own with your hands. Okay, so here's a question for you. I don't know how it is in Italy, but I do know that in the U.S. there are a huge number of sports figures who have wineries. It's a big deal. I don't care whether you're a football player, a baseball player, a tennis player, a basketball player. There are an enormous number of athletes that have gotten into wine. Now, I understand that for many of them, wine is classy and they want to brand their name to the wine because the wine will probably sell better. But is there another reason? Actually, it is very interesting. I think these people recognized some of their attitudes that brought them to be champions in their sport because basically if you know the life and attitude of a farmer a farmer must be tied to his work and he has to have something like an obsession for having nice performance so just to stay on the tennis subject for just another minute you're not just a tennis player you're a tennis coach but more than that you are a very accomplished author in the world of tennis and you've written books like the tennis brain the tennis mind sport coaching all of the sort of mental aspects of the game and by the way i don't know why you're limiting it to tennis because it seems like your beliefs and teachings and philosophy would translate to every sport, right? Yes, that is correct. The thing is that I do believe that when you are working in some, whatever the aspect, you know, you need to have tried that sport yourself. 
Okay. And unless you understand what comes to the mind of a tennis player, it is very hard that you can work with a tennis player. The thing is, tennis is actually an individual sport. You are basically alone on a tennis court. Wait a second, who's the person on the other side of the net? Yet, you know, in tennis, the opponent is there to cause you problems that you have to solve. And you are alone. And sometimes you cannot solve those problems. And so you get upset, you get angry. You get angry because you cannot solve the problems. And so you actually bring everything on your own shoulders. So basically, the first opponent that you have to beat on a tennis court is yourself. So the person on the other side of the net is an antagonist. They're there just to make life miserable. You're really competing against yourself. Basically, the opponent is there to make it hard for you, and you are there to make it hard for your opponent. Let's take this to the world of olive oil and wine for a second, because it's actually the same situation. You plant grapes, you plant olive trees, and then you have to deal with climate change and mother nature and weather isn't that really just like the opponent on the other side of the net yes definitely that is uh, given by nature okay we got to take a break for a second but i am so excited to have in the studio federico di carlo your company is colina daily olivi beautiful Perfect. beautiful olive farm with a tennis court in the middle. Federico is a coach, a very accomplished author, and makes, along with his father, honestly, I don't have a reason to make this up. The olive oil that you let me sample this last weekend was otherworldly. It really was. Your dad went off because he was so excited that I was so crazed over this oil. If you'd have given me a full glass of this oil, I would have consumed it there. It was that good. And your dad was just so pleased. And so he kind of wanders off. I wondered where he went and he comes back with this nice big bottle of oil for me. Crazy. Basically, all the nice job, whatever you're doing, comes out of passion. And passion means also attention to details. So Federico, I am not actually going to drink that oil or cook with that oil because I know what you're up to. You're trying to get me addicted and I'm just not (laughs) going to do it. Hey, we're going to be back with more Grape Encounters in just a second. Talking about olive oil and actually the interesting parallels between olive oil and wine and why you really, really need to know this. This is a good subject for y'all to tune into. So we'll be back with Federico in just a second. David will be back with more grape encounters right after they touch up his hair and makeup. Oh wait, this is this is radio. Well, there's still paparazzi after the show to deal with. No. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, walnuts and wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free-trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. 
At every family gathering, my brother Steve and I each bring several bottles of wines and try to one-up each other. I bring wines from all over. Steve only brings wines from California's Mendocino wine country, where he's lived for decades. And even though there are hundreds of great wineries there he can choose from, he mostly brings wines from the Graziano family of wines. Now you'd think you'd see a lot of duplicates from past gatherings since most producers only make 6 to 12 wines, but Graziano has 5 brands that make literally dozens, upwards of 30 mostly Italian varietals, and all rock stars. Made by the real rock star, Greg Graziano. You can hear my recent interview with Greg at GrapeEncounters.com and you can find Graziano wines all over America or buy them online at GrazianoFamilyOfWines.com. I've never confessed how much I love Graziano wines to my brother and uh, let's keep it that way. Welcome back to Grape Encounters. Did you know there are more compounds in wine than in blood. Maybe vampires ought to rethink their drink. All right, back with Grape Encounters Radio. And I guarantee you that if you are a fan of this show, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, then you have olive oil in your house. I don't know how anybody could possibly be a wine enthusiast and not have olive oil because if you think about it, every really good wine experience when you're dining out, there's always olive oil there. You absolutely have to have it because they complement each other so much. And I've got Federico Di Carlo here. His company called Colina Daily Ulivi, close as I can come. By the way, their website is theolivehill.com. Why didn't you just call the company The Olive Hill? <laughs> it would have been so much easier. Yeah, I know. For English speaking, of course, it would be easier just The Olive Hill. Why did you choose an English name for the website, though? Yep, I actually used that English name because the website is in five different languages. Oh, okay. And because our oil actually not only is being marketed towards Italian, but it is actually being marketed towards also different countries overseas and throughout Europe as well. Therefore, it was necessary that our website was not only Italian language, but also in English, French, German, Russian. So in this way, it is international. So would you say that the Italians make the best olive oil in the world or who else is in that competition? And California is making some really superb olive oil right now. And the rate at which they're planting trees is really amazing. But if we look at it from a world view, how do things stack up? Actually, in Italy, we have got a very long lasting culture about olive oil. Uh-huh. And the difference is not who is better than the other one, but everything goes back to the soil, to the variety of olives, how olives are being grown, how olives are being transformed from olives into oil, and how the oil is being bottled and stored. That is what makes the difference between oils. Okay, and you really set me straight and really got me thinking because you basically said, David, the very same things that are important where wine is is concerned are important where 
oil is concerned, and we were specifically talking mostly about terroir and the influence that the soil, the weather, everything that a winemaker worries about are the exact same things that oil maker worries about. And then beyond that, the taste, the flavonoids in the oil are as important to each individual oil as they would be to whether it's a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon or a Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, there are these influences that are unmistakable. And so when you are standing in the U.S. and you're looking at the olive oils, and I guarantee you, if you're in a good store, there could be a hundred olive oils. And many of them are going to be from Italy. And some of them might be from Greece and Spain and certainly lots from California. And you've got a decision to make. Yep, David. When we met, I decided that I had to bring you to our farm because uh, our farm is part of our culture and ourselves. So if you want to know someone from Abruzzo, you have to get into his roots. And his roots belongs to the farm and to agriculture, to the soil. And by being in there, you understand the person that is behind that. Because basically in our farm, you didn't see just olive trees, but you found olive trees that are varieties coming from Abruzzo, like Dritta, like Castiglionese. These are uh, olive varieties that are typical from Abruzzo. They are not just olive trees. We just deal with olive trees as if they were our kids, our babies, because they are part of our culture. And when you grow these olive trees, they are part of the soil in Abruzzo. They are not part of the soil coming from different regions. So they are trees that are being used to our drought periods in July and August. They are trees that are used to the cold period that goes from November to February. So those kind of olives are the best one because they are actually being grown for ages in our territory. And those varieties are giving the best product in our soil, in our territory. So this is a thing that I have complained about in the wine industry forever. There are some regions, especially if they're newer up-and-coming wine regions that will try to plant varietals that really don't work in that environment. There's one place in particular, and I won't mention the name because I refuse to do stories on this particular area because they're so guilty of this, of trying to make wines that just don't work in that area. Most savvy grape growers understand this, obviously, and they're not going to plant something that is not going to produce great fruit. By the way, olives are a fruit. Yes. A lot of people don't know that, but it's a fruit tree. Just don't try to make ice cream out of it. (laughs) Oh, maybe you can. I don't know. No. You can make ice cream out of avocados, though. (laughs) And really good ice cream, by the way, I should say. Anyway, I digress. You really opened my eyes because going back to that scene that wine consumers and foodies find themselves in, where they're standing in front of all of those olive oils, and look at next to wine. All Olive oil, generally speaking, in a market is going to be the product that's going to have the next largest selection, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So I was saying to you before we got on the air that I think that consumers tend to do one of two different things. They tend to believe that if the olive oil is more expensive, then it's probably of a higher quality. And so if you want to make a great dinner or you want to put out charcuterie and olive oil, balsamic vinegar with your wines, 
then you're going to choose a good oil. And since you don't really know exactly what constitutes a good oil, you just buy the expensive one. On the other hand, I think lots and lots of people go, olive oil is classy. It's so much better than canola oil. It's so much better than vegetable oil or corn oil. I'll just buy the cheapest one because it's still a step up. Yeah, correct. You know what I think, Dave? There is a huge difference between how people know wine and how people know oil. Basically, there is a huge and better culture about wine than oil. We're much more familiar with wine. Yes, definitely. Because if you don't know the basics about wine, people look down on you. They're going to forgive it with oil, right? Yes, definitely. Nobody expects me to be an olive oil expert. Nobody walks into my house and I put a bottle of olive oil on the table for them to dip their bread in while they're drinking this lovely wine that we bought. And everybody's talking about the wine. Nobody's talking about the olive oil. Yes, correct. It's just olive oil, right? And it's not. Exactly. It is not. Because uh, the culture talks a lot about wine, but do not know much about how oil is being manufactured, how olives are being grown, the production and the transformation into oil. All right, we're going to get into that, but I'm just going to end this segment by saying, and I'm sorry that I'm using this choice of words, but I can't think of a better way to say it. That oil that I enjoyed, not just, I tried multiple oils and they were all fabulous, but there was one in particular, orgasmic. That's it. It was orgasmic, an oilgasm. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a huge compliment from your side, Dave. Thanks. All right. Okay. What do I know about that? But anyway, we'll be back in just a second with more Grape Encounters. And my guest, Federico DiCarlo, he and his dad make just mind-boggling oil. And by the way, if you're a tennis player, you might contact him and you can come out and help on the farm and perfect your game at the same time. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. Did you know that some wines are just as delicious and desirable after a hundred years as they were when they were young? Hmm, should, should I be seeing a winemaker instead of my doctor? Grape Encounters will return right after this. The only thing that Mendocino County winemaker Greg Graziano can't tell you about wine is how many different choices he makes. It's somewhere between dozens and cowabunga. Artisans like Greg don't count, they create. Did Da Vinci or Michelangelo take inventory? Let's just say that Italians like Greg can easily get carried away, especially when it comes to food and wine. Great wine is in Greg's DNA. His immigrant grandparents started making Mendocino wines in the early 20s, and despite being the head honcho of the much-beloved Graziano family of wines, Greg is just a humble, lovable guy. When you play in the dirt all day, you can't help but be down to earth. Ask your wine cellar for Graziano Wines, or just visit GrazianoFamilyOfWines.com. They've got five different brands. Why? Well, because Italians tend to have big families. Life is just more fun with a Graziano at your table. At Bar Dog, we believe that every dog deserves a life of unconditional love. That's why we've teamed up with PetFinder Foundation to establish the Bar Dog Operations Grant. Money from this grant goes to rescue shelters across North America and helps save animals awaiting their forever homes. Visit bardogwine.com to find a bottle near you and help Bar Dog give back. Bar Dog, wine for humans, love for dogs. Something amazing happened on my last visit to Total Wine and More. Not only did I find my favorite Cabernet, but I got it for the lowest price. 
In fact, the price was so low that I thought they made a mistake. Nope. Ultra-low prices are no mistake at Total Wine & More. This is why I notoriously end up bringing home way more great bottles than I originally planned. Someone once said, when faced with more than one good choice, take them all. I can relate and can't wait to return to Total Wine and grab some real gems for upcoming visits with friends. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and more. And drink responsibly, be 21. If you should happen to get an invitation to come out to Colina Dele Ulivi, this is an olive oil farm. You can find them online, theolivehill.com, which by the way, is a really simple, easy URL. But if Federico De Carlo says, hey, I want you to come out to the olive farm today, you want to accept that invitation. You want to accept it because you will never see olive oil the same way again. And by the way, this is a guy who's written five books on the tennis brain and the whole mental aspects of tennis. He's an intellectual, and he can really intellectualize oil. And one thing he did was kind of metaphorically slapped me upside the head and said, David, you got to straighten out your thinking because you need to appreciate oil exactly the same way that you appreciate wine. Yes, that is true because then there is also another thing which is very important. Olive oil is part of the Mediterranean diet. And so it is one of those products that allow Italian people and European people also to be in a healthy shape in a healthy mood and it is part of our way of living and so it is important to understand how this product can be extremely healthy but unfortunately people nowadays you know when they are looking for products in the market shelves they just select products that are cheaper or maybe they yeah. sound very good one but then they don't know much about everything that is behind the manufacturing of really good olive oil so help me out here help them out because lots of people are going to have a dinner party within a week of hearing this interview, okay? So you have the opportunity to change a lot of lives here, pal, okay? So use your power because there are going to be people who are going to go shopping because Christmas is around the corner, okay? Yeah. And they're putting on a special event at their home for their family. They want to put their very best foot forward. But you know, you rattled off a bunch of names of varietals that didn't stick with me and I guarantee you they didn't stick with the people who are listening because the Italians talk too fast for one thing. So what do I do? I'm standing there in front of all these olive oils. How can I make a decision? How do I sort things out? Or do I just need to go to an olive oil class? You know, what is the problem is that uh, basically uh, the labels that you find do not say much about olive oil because unfortunately of all the products that you can find in the market, olive oil is one of those that can be changed in plenty of uh, its characteristics. All right, stop right there. Okay, everybody listen to this, because this is something I didn't know. I really didn't understand. So tell the ugly truth about olive oil. You know, unfortunately, there are companies that can change the color of the oil. They can change the viscosity of the oil. They can change the flavor of the oil. They can change also the oil characteristics, you know, the degree of acidity that is present in the oil. These are all things, for the most part, that they can change about wine as well. We say tinker 
tinker with the wine. They they play with it. They add things to it. They subtract things from it. They manipulate it in all kinds of different ways. And you're saying that all goes on with olive oil as well. Yes, exactly. And it is even worse with the oil, unfortunately. And sometimes, you know, when I just uh, get through, you know, the uh, market shelves, I can see olive oils that uh, they are said to be extra virgin, first quality oil, but they are sold at prices that do not cover even the expenses that you have while you are manufacturing the olive oil. Right, hold on, let me see if I understand that. So you're saying that they put the olive oil on the shelf, they say it's extra virgin, so it should be pricey, but the price is really low, which means it's probably not extra virgin olive oil. No, m- maybe, you know, according to chemistry, they are, you know, just the extra virgin olive oil, but they are brought in there by taking, you know, the acidity out of the original oil. So basically it is a chemical process. It is an industrial process, but they are not product oh. coming up and being produced by the territory, by the soil. That really makes me angry, actually, when I hear that. I don't know if you heard about it, but it, it took place in the U.S. There was a big scandal a few years back, and I say a few years is probably five to seven years ago now, where they took all of these leading brands of olive oil, and it wasn't just a U.S. brand. There were Italian brands in there. They're from all over the world. And they discovered that a large percentage of these brands were making claims that were not true. Exactly what you're saying. They were saying, oh, this is extra virgin. By the way, how do you know it's not extra virgin? How do you figure this out? I don't understand that. Well, uh, basically, you know that uh, all the different uh, labels for oils, whether it is virgin, extra virgin, or it is lightning oil, they depend from the percentage of acidic oil which is in the oil. For example, from 0.2 to 0.8, it is considered extra virgin. From 0.8 to 2 is considered virgin oil, and from 2 onwards is considered lightning oil. So basically, according to the presence of uh, acidic oil, it is considered extra virgin, virgin, or lightning oil. But the thing is that, um, unfortunately, this percent of acidic oil can be changed in uh, in laboratories. And so basically, that is no longer the product that is being grown in the soil, and it comes directly from the farms. And it is a huge, huge, huge trouble. And that is the reason why I always ask people to come over to the farm and understand how an original extra virgin olive oil is being, you know, grown up. It is manufactured and it is being produced. One of the things that really struck me as interesting at your farm is you have a thousand trees, which to me sounds like a lot of trees. But that makes you in Italy sort of a mid-sized farm. Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay. And then you took me into two relatively small rooms, which is where all the oil is. And it's not a lot of oil, okay? Compared to wine, you know, you can walk into a storage room for wine that a winery keeps and it'll be stacked to the ceiling, but oil is much more precious. And uh, that's why a lot of it is sold in much smaller bottles. It, It is precious and you don't get to make nearly as much of this. So I can understand with the oils that I tasted at your place, why you would charge a very, you don't, but why you would charge a very high price for those oils, because that was liquid gold, literally. Uh, you know, Dave, there are a, a lot of manufacturers that actually market also their oil, that they buy olives from different parts of Italy. They produce oil and they sell it as if it was their own, okay? Yeah. You know, for example, right. there are some regions in Italy that sell plenty of oil abroad in uh, export, but they not even produce the oil that is enough for their consumption in the region. In their so, region. so what you're saying is exactly 
what is going on in the wine industry, I guess, worldwide. I mean, you know, what unfortunately is the reality, and I shouldn't get mad about it because it's not that it's such a bad thing, really. The wine producers are going to take a certain percentage of their grapes, they're going to make their premium wines, and then they're going to take a certain percentage, maybe they're going to make a second label, and then the rest of it is going to be sold as bulk wine. It's going to wind up in a tanker truck, and it's going to wind up at a tank farm where there are these huge tanks that are so big you could live in it, and it's just a mixture of all of these different juices from all of these different places, and it's going to be manipulated and played with until they make a bulk wine out of it. And here's the thing, though, and we got to take a break, but Federico, the thing is, people love it. And that is exactly what it happens also in Olive Oil. They love it. They're, they're perfectly happy with it, and I guarantee you that some of this cheap manipulated olive oil, people are going, yeah, that's, it's good. I'll take it. But that's not my listener. My listeners know better. We're setting them straight here, Federico. What an interesting conversation with Federico Di Carlo. He and his dad have this... Con- How long have you been doing this, by the way? Hello, for a long, long time. You know, my family has got, you know, an olive oil factory machine since 1854. That's a long time. You weren't even born then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I thought was really an interesting thing that you told me, and it's one of the things that's really different between olive trees and grapevines, is that you have these old trees that are 100 plus years old, Definitely. and you said they actually produce more olives than the younger trees that are like 40, which is 40 is considered to be young, right? Yep. Yes, uh, yeah, actually, they do. That's so crazy. <laughs> you know, when a man or a woman, I should say, either one gets older, they can't have children anymore as they get older, or maybe they can, I don't know, but they probably won't. But b- with an olive tree, it's its most productive years are when it's a senior citizen. No, now I tell you, you know, just one thing, uh, Dave. Basically, you have to know that an olive tree has got a root system which is extended as much the branches you know extend over the tree okay so, so the roots, roots extend the same yes so basically what it happens is that an old olive tree has got a root system which is extremely expanded in the soil and can absorb plenty of water okay. and elements so the production is higher than the younger I, I okay that makes sense okay we're going to be back in just a second talking to Federico Di Carlo he's my new best friend as long as he gives me bottles of olive oil you're my new best friend <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be doing American barbecue this weekend and I'm gonna be pouring some interesting wines and we're gonna drink that oil I'm not even gonna put it out I'm not gonna put it in food I'm just gonna put it in little sample cups it's that good we'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this At MM Organics, we're surrounded by health nuts. That's because we're obsessed with lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, and the risk of cancer. We want to make weight loss easier and help you strengthen everything from your heart to your teeth, nails, and hair. Full disclosure, those health nuts are actually dry-farmed heirloom certified organic raw walnuts. Rich with essential vitamins and nutrients, they're vastly superior to other nuts. Imagine, walnuts can actually lower stress and boost your brain power. No wonder MM Organics customers are so darn smart. MMOrganics.com is where you'll find our uniquely irresistible raw walnuts, walnut butter, oil and flour, sprouted flavored walnuts, and decadent fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, which pair beautifully with our legendary two-horse port style wine. MMOrganics.com eating any other nuts is just plain nuts. 
I remember every detail of my first visit to Total Wine & More. It was 15 years ago on the recommendation of a wine geek friend. And I was blown away then, and I've been blown away every visit since. Total Wine & More is to wine enthusiasts what the Louvre or the Smithsonian is to lovers of history and culture. No place on earth offers such a broad selection of all things wine. That's why every visit results in countless new discoveries and at least one, if not a dozen, new favorites. On my last visit, I didn't know if the Cab, the Syrah, or the Francia Corta wowed me the most. For more than 30 years, Total Wine & More has been the undisputed champion where selection, expertise, the lowest prices, and friendly, unpretentious service are concerned. Find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine & More. Total Wine & More needs to be your wine store. And drink responsibly, be 21. Wine & More is to wine enthusiasts, from beginners to experts, what the Smithsonian is to lovers of history and culture. That's why every visit results in countless new discoveries and at least one, if not a dozen, new favorites. For more than 30 years, Total Wine & More has been the undisputed champion where selection, expertise, the lowest prices, and friendly, unpretentious service are concerned. Find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and & More. And please, drink responsibly, be 21. So if there's one thing I hope people realize about this show is that while we are tagged as a wine show, my whole life is about wine being the center of other experiences. And there are just certain things that are such great companions to wine. And, you know, we always talk about food and wine. And I guess what we're talking about today is a food, but it's more than a food because it can play a lot of different roles on the table talking about olive oil, talking today to Federico Di Carlo. His family has a really wonderful farm. It's called Colina degli Olivi. And I should be saying deadly and with this like G sound thing that I don't know that I'm ever going to get that down. Okay. I'm sorry, Federico. It's okay. Why don't I just call it daily? Wouldn't that be daily easier? Is daily. Which is a sound that in English language does not exist. Say it, say it. It's Colina degli Olivi. That was pretty close. All right. That was pretty close. All right. Anyway, if you want to know more about their products, they do have English translation on the website, which is theolivehill.com. It should have been called the Olive Hill Farm. That's it. Okay. But anyway, be that as it may, what we want to try to get across here is that, as I said a moment ago, olive oil plays very interesting and diverse roles in the life of a foodie and a wine person. By the way, John don't be afraid to use olive oil in recipes that you wouldn't think olive oil would be good in because olive oil has such interesting and strong characteristics. People who bake probably wouldn't, in most cases, add olive oil to the recipes. And I'm here to tell you, you'd be wrong. Yes, I would also advise the use of olive oil instead of butter. Most times, olive oil can be a good and healthy substitute of butter because butter is just a fat that comes from animal, while olive oil is just a natural 
oil. I ran out of butter a couple of weeks ago, and I used like a panini grill to make sandwiches, and I usually will put a little butter on the outside of the bread and then toast it. And I was out of butter, so I grabbed some olive oil, and I sprinkled it on the bread. I'm telling you, the next person that I saw, I had to tell them about my olive oil versus butter experience because actually it was better, and I love butter. If there's a little extra butter left on the knife, I'll take it off and eat it. <laughs> Here in Italy, you call it burro. 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 Yeah. Good thing there's no G in it. Anyway, I don't want to, in fact, we're going to, I'll extend this show to 10 hours if I have to, just because I don't want to end this show without leaving people with some information that's really going to be super useful, Federico. So my concern is if you're just going and you're buying olive oil, you're buying the price of your olive oil because you think that's going to be better or the cheaper olive oil because it doesn't matter, I would tell you both ideas are wrong. You need to understand a little bit more about the oil. But here's the thing. Olive oil is made in regions around Italy. And as you go around the country, foods that we're very familiar with are actually quite regional in nature in Italy. Does it make sense that you should maybe try to pair regional cuisine with regional olive oil? Does that make some sense? And would that also be the case with Spanish food? And would that be the case with Greek food? What I usually advise, and I would actually recommend to people that are listening to us, is that they should take as much information as possible about the company that is manufacturing the product. They should know where the product is being manufactured, the varieties it comes from, the soil, when it has been harvested, the transformation from olives into oil. These are all paramount information about the product. And the more they are capable about understanding all these aspects, the more they may understand the quality and the characteristic of the product that they are purchasing. Okay, I'm going to put you in the hot seat for a second, okay? I'm going to name some different kinds of cuisine, and I want you to give me some olive oil advice. Can you do that? Yep. To some degree. All right, so let's say I'm going to have some heavy food. I'm going to have some meat. I'm going to have some big red wine with it. What should I look for from the standpoint of olive oil? I'm going to have a salad with olive oil. I'm going to dip some bread in olive oil. Okay. What should I look for? Basically, most people pick up olive oil when it is very sweet because they don't want the olive oil to cover the food taste. Yeah. But usually the oil that is sweet has got also plenty of acidity. A good quality olive oil should taste of olives. It should taste bitter and hot. That is when olive oil has got a lot of flavonoids and it is on the healthier part of the product. Because to taste those kind of flavonoids, you should also put some oil on the surface of your skin and smell the flavor of the oil that is coming out. And that is how you actually taste if an olive oil is really good quality or not. Okay, so let me go back to this question. This oil that I have sitting on the counter over there, it's very good. It's very viscous. I use this term carefully. It's a little on the cloudy side because it has a lot of particulate matter in it, does it not? Is that what I'm seeing? Yes, what it happens. Basically, the color is not essential to a good quality oil. And sometimes the oil that is manufactured is being added with the chemicals. They put some parts of flowers to get the oil green. So basically, when you look at good quality oil, the color is not essential. Let me tell you something. There's something really attractive about that color. 
And this is really counterintuitive because if it was wine and it was cloudy, we'd say, no way. But with olive oil, I've noticed that if it's got a little bit of particulate matter in there, and by the way, we only have 60 seconds left, that's always been the most delicious for me. Yes, you know that some companies put chlorophylla into the oil and they make it green. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. The thing is that when oil gets ripe, green turns into yellow. When you are judging good quality oil, don't judge it with your eyes only, but check the viscosity, check the smell, check the taste. And this requires that you so know all plenty the same of things. Thing, all the same things that we say about wine. Look at it. If you like the way it looks, smell it. If you like the way it smells, taste it. If you like the way it tastes, pour it in your bathtub and sit in there all day. Federico, forevermore, you are going to be our olive oil go-to guy. Okay? <laughs> okay, my pleasure. You're going to be our olive oil go-to guy. You're giving You're me a huge responsibility, by the way. We've already eased you into it today. Your first audition was spectacular, so we're going to do more. All right, that's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. Thank you a lot, Dave. You're Thanks very for welcome, listening. and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Grape Encounters Radio has been brought to you by Total Wine & More, where you'll find what you love and love what you find. You can explore the mind-bending selection of wines, beers, and spirits at TotalWine.com. If you love wine and have a little time to spare, by all means, spend it there.